Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I'm here with our landlord, who happily is keeping us in the building, and uh, with Vaidas Brahmacharya, who's on a roll, by the way. He cooked up a feast today for Shemitya Radharani, which wowed everybody. And uh, he's on a roll. And yes, <clears throat> it's Radhastami, the most auspicious day of the year in many ways. <clears throat> um, the thought has come into my mind many times lately, and I think I might have mentioned it to you all, how it is that uh, knowledge begins with humility and the, the advancement of knowledge and devotional service ends with humility. And the exemplar for that level of humility is Srimati Radharani herself. She is the model for all of us. She has dainya, she has utter humility. So the humility that we, that we, that gives us a capacity to hear uh, the Bhagavad Gita and acquire real knowledge of ourselves and the world and God and the spiritual world and the relationship of all those things together uh, culminates in dhanya, which is utter humility. So this is, in my mind, the greatness of Srimati Radharani, her humility. She thinks that everyone is a devotee except for her. And that pleases Krishna so much. Uh, of course, she's in conjugal rasa and she's the internal energy, the pleasure potency of Krishna. Krishna doesn't enjoy it with anyone except for Radharani. Uh, but Radharani is always trying to bring others to Krishna in different ways. And she came inside Lord Chaitanya Krishna uh, and Srimati Radharani uh, merged into the form of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nahe, uh, Sri Krishna Radha Krishna uh, Nahianya, Lord Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahianya. Uh, Lord Chaitanya is not different than Radha and Krishna. So, here we are, back at the daily readings, and <coughs> Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram uh, glorifies the Bhagavatam, uh, and the Bhagavatam is everything for us, Srila Prabhupada's magnum opus, uh, giving us the... Uh, in his Bhaktivedanta purports, uh, the empowered preaching, the empowerment to, dis to spread Krishna consciousness, and at the same time, collating all of the different commentaries from all the previous acharyas. It's an amazing uh, work and literary, literary incarnation of Krishna. Uh, Sanatana Goswami compiled this Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram 
to glorify the Bhagavatam, and it goes like this. Sarva Shastravdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadakamat Bhagya my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchata kada hanamunchakada chinmam premna ritkanta yokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reach chapter 6 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Brahma satisfies Lord Shiva. And we heard how Lord Shiva and his followers devastated the arena of the Jagya of Daksha and beheaded him. Now we're going to hear how it's all going to work out. Text 1 and 2. All the priests and other members of the sacrificial assembly and all the demigods, having been defeated by the soldiers of Lord Shiva and injured by weapons like tridents and swords, approached Lord Brahma with great fear. After offering him obeisances, they began to speak in detail of all the events which had taken place. Text 3 Both Lord Brahma and Vishnu had already known that such events would occur in the sacrificial arena of Daksha. And knowing beforehand, they did not go to the sacrifice. Oh. Purport. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 
726 Vedaham Samatitani Vartamanani Charjana. The Lord says, I know everything that has happened in the past and is going to happen in the future. Lord Vishnu is omniscient and he therefore knew what would happen at Daksha's sacrificial arena. For this reason, neither Narayana nor Lord Rama attended the great sacrifice performed by Daksha. Text 4 When Lord Rama heard everything from the demigods and members who had attended the sacrifice, he replied, You cannot be happy in executing a sacrifice if you blaspheme a great personality and therefore and thereby offend his lotus feet. You cannot have happiness in that way. Purport Lord Brahma explained to the demigods that although Daksha wanted to enjoy the results of fruitive sacrificial activities, it is not possible to enjoy when one offends a great personality like Lord Shiva. It was good for Daksha to have died in the fight because if he had lived, he would have committed such offenses at the lotus feet of great personalities again and again. According to Manu's law, when a person commits murder, punishment is beneficial for him because if he is not killed, he might commit more and more murders and therefore be entangled in his future lives for having killed so many persons. Therefore, the king's punishment of a murderer is appropriate. If those who are extremely offensive are killed by the grace of the Lord, that is good for them. In other words, Lord Brahma explained to the demigods that it was good for Daksha to have been killed. Text, 30, text 5 You have excluded Lord Shiva from taking part in the sacrificial results and therefore you are all offenders at his lotus feet. Still, if you go with mental, if you go without mental reservations and surrender unto him and fall down at his lotus feet, he will be very pleased. <clears throat> Purport Lord Shiva is also called Ashutosh. Ashu means very soon and tosh me, Tosha means to become satisfied. The demigods were advised to go to Lord Shiva and beg his pardon and because he is very easily pleased it was certain that their purpose would be served. Lord Brahma knew the mind of Lord Shiva very well and he was confident that the demigods who were offenders at his lotus feet could mitigate their offenses by going to him and surrendering without reservation. The Science of Krishna Consciousness Text 26 Lord Brahma also advised them that Lord Shiva is so powerful that by his anger all the planets and their chief controllers can be destroyed immediately. Also, he said that Lord Shiva was especially sorry because he had recently lost his dear wife and was also very much afflicted by the unkind words of Daksha. Under the circumstances, 
Lord Brahma suggested it would behoove them to go at once and beg his pardon. Text 7 Lord Brahma said that no one, not even himself, Indra, all the members assembled in the sacrificial arena, or all the sages, could know how powerful Lord Shiva is. Under the circumstances, who would dare to commit an offense at his lotus feet? Purport After Lord Brahma advised the demigods to go to Lord Shiva and beg his pardon, it was suggested how he should be satisfied and how the matter should be placed before him. Brahma also asserted that none of the conditioned souls, including himself and all the demigods, could know how to satisfy Lord Shiva. But he said, It is known that he is very easily satisfied, so let us try to satisfy him by falling at his lotus feet. Actually, the position of the subordinate is always to surrender to the Supreme. That is the instruction of Bhagavad Gita. The Lord asks everyone to give up all kinds of concocted occupations and simply surrender unto Him. That will protect the conditioned souls from all sinful reactions. Similarly, in this case, Brahma also suggested that they go and surrender unto the lotus feet of Lord Shiva. And for since he and for since he is very kind and easily satisfied, this action would prove effective. Text eight. After thus instructing all the demigods, the Pitas, and the lords of the living entities, Lord Brahma took with him, took them with him, and left for the abode of Lord Shiva, known as the Kailas Hill. Purport. The abode of Lord Shiva, which is known as Kailas, is described in the 14 verses which follow. Text 10. Text 9, sorry. The abode, Lord, <coughs> the abode known as Kailas is full of different herbs and vegetables, and it is sanctified by Vedic hymns and by and mystic yoga practice. Thus the residents of that abode are demigods by birth and have all mystic powers. Besides them, there are other human beings who are known as Kinaras and Gandharvas and are accompanied by their beautiful wives who are known as Apsaras or angels. Text 10. Kailas is full of mountains filled with all kinds of valuable jewels and minerals and surrounded by all varieties of valuable trees and plants. The top of the hill is nicely decorated by various types of deer. Text 11. There are many waterfalls and in the mountains there are many beautiful caves in which the beautiful wives of the mystics are found. Text 12. On Kailas Hill, there is always the rhythmical sound of the peacock's sweet vibrations and the bees humming. Cuckoos are always singing 
and other birds whisper amongst themselves. Text 13 There are tall trees with straight branches that appear to call the sweet birds, and then er herds of elephants pass through the hills. It appears that the Kailas hill moves with them. When the waterfalls resound, it appears that Kailas hill does also. Text 14 and 15 The whole of Kailas hill is decorated with various kinds of trees, of which the following names may be mentioned. Mandara, Parijata, Sarala, Tamal, Tala, Kovidara, Asana, Arjuna, Amrajati, Mango, Kadamba, Dulikadamba, Naga, Punaga, Champaka, Patala, Ashok, Bakula, Kunda, and Kurabaka. The entire hill is decorated with such trees which produce flowers with fragrant aromas. Text 16 there are other trees also which decorate the hill, such as the golden lotus flower, the cinnamon tree, malati, kubja, malika, and madhavi. 17. Kailas hill is also decorated with such trees as kata, jackfruit, jullara, banyan trees, plakshas, <coughs> nyagrodas, and trees producing Asafoetida. Also, there are trees of betel nuts and burjapatra, burjapatra, as well as rajapuga, blackberries, and similar other trees. Text 18. There are mango trees, priyala, maduka, and inguda. Besides these, there are other trees like thin bamboos. Chikata, Kichaka, and varieties of other bamboo trees, all decorating the tract of Kailas Hill. Text 19 and 20. There are different kinds of lotus flowers like Kumuda, Udpala, and Shatapatra. The forest appears to be decorated a decorated garden, and the small lakes are full of various kinds of birds who whisper very sweetly. There are many kinds of other animals also, like deer, monkeys, boars, lions, rickshaws, shalyakas, forest cows, forest asses, tigers, small deer, buffalo, and many other animals who are fully enjoying their lives. Text 21 There are varieties of deer, such as Karnatra, Ekapada, Ashwashwa, Brika, and Kasturi, the deer which bears musk. Besides the deer, there are many banana trees which decorate the small hillside lakes very nicely. Text 22 There is a small lake named Alakananda in which Sati used to take her bath and that lake is especially auspicious. All the demigods, after seeing the specific beauty of Kailas Hill, were struck with wonder at the great opulence to be found there. Purport 
According to the commentary called Sri Bhagavata Chandra Chandrika, the water in which Sati used to bathe was Ganges water. In other words, the Ganges flowed through the Kailas Parvata. There is every possibility of accepting such a statement because Ganges water also flows from the hair of Lord Shiva. Since Ganges water rests on the head of Lord Shiva and then flows to the other parts of the universe, it is quite possible that the water in which Sati bathed, which was certainly very nicely scented, was Ganges water. Text 23 <coughs> Thus the demigods saw the wonderfully beautiful region known as Alaka in the forest known as Saugandika, which means full of fragrance. The forest is known as Saugandika because of its abundance of lotus flowers. Purport Sometimes Alaka is known as Alaka Puri, which is also the name of the abode of Kuvera. Kuvera's abode, however, cannot be seen from Kailas. Therefore, the region of Alaka referred to here is different from the Alaka Puri of Kuvera. According to Viraragava Acharya, Alaka means uncommonly beautiful. In the region of Alaka, the demigods saw there is a type of lotus flower known as Sogandika that distributes an especially fragrant scent. Text 24 They also saw the two rivers named Nanda and Alakananda. These two rivers are sanctified by the dust of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Govinda. Text 25 My dear Chata, Vidura, the celestial damsels come down to those rivers in their airplanes with their husbands and after sexual enjoyment they enter the water and enjoy sprinkling their husbands with water. Purport It is understood that even the damsels of the heavenly planets are polluted by thoughts of sex enjoyment and therefore they come in airplanes to bathe in the rivers Nanda and Alakananda. It is significant that these rivers, Nanda and Alakananda, are sanctified by the dust of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, just as the Ganges is sacred because its waters emanates from the toes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayana, so whenever water or anything is in touch with devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it is purified and spiritualized. The rules and regulations of devotional service are based on this principle. Anything in touch with the lotus feet of the Lord is immediately freed from all material contamination. The damsels of the heavenly planets, polluted by thoughts of sex life, come down to bathe in the sanctified rivers and enjoy sprinkling water on their husbands. Two words are very significant in this connection. Ratikarshita means that the damsels become morose after sex enjoyment, although they accept sex enjoyment as a bodily demand. Afterwards, they are not happy. Another significant point 
is that Lord Govinda, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is described here as Tirtapad. Tirta means sanctified place and Pada means the lotus feet of the Lord. People go to a sanctified place to free themselves from all sinful reactions. In other words, those who are devoted to the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, automatically become sanctified. The Lord's lotus feet are called Tirtapan because other th under their protection there are hundreds and thousands of saintly persons who sanctify the sacred places of pilgrimage. Srila Narottam Das Thakur, a great Acharya of the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya, advises us not to travel to different places of pilgrimage. Undoubtedly, it is troublesome to go from one place to another, but one who is intelligent can take shelter of the lotus feet of Govinda and thereby be automatically sanctified as, as the result of his pilgrimage. Anyone who is fixed in the service of the lotus feet of Govinda is called Tirtapad. He does not need to travel on various pilgrimages, for he can enjoy all the benefits of such travel simply by engaging in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord. Such a pure devotee who has implicit faith in the lotus feet of the Lord can create sacred places in any part of the world where he, where he decides to remain. Tirti kurvanti tirtani Bhagavatam 113.10 The places are sanctified due to the presence of pure devotees. Any place automatically becomes a place of pilgrimage if either the Lord or His pure devotee remains or resides there. In other words, such a pure devotee who is engaged 100% in the service of the Lord can remain anywhere in the universe and that part of the universe immediately becomes a sacred place where he can peacefully render service to the Lord as the Lord desires. Text 26 After the damsels of the heavenly planets bathe in the water, it becomes yellowish and fragrant due to the kumkum from their bodies. Thus the elephants come to bathe there with their wives, the she-elephants, and they also drink the water, although they are not thirsty. Text 27 the airplanes of the heavenly denizens are bedecked with pearls, gold, and many valuable jewels. The heavenly denizens are compared to clouds in the sky, decorated with occasional flashes of electric lighting. Purport The airplanes described in this verse are different from the airplanes of which we have experience. In the Srimad Bhagavatam and all the Vedic literatures, there are many descriptions of vimana, which means airplanes. On different planets, there are different kinds of airplanes. On this gross planet Earth, there are airplanes run by machine. But on other planets, the airplanes are run not by machine, but by mantric hymns. They are also 
used especially for enjoyment by the denizens of the heavenly planets, so they can go from one planet to another, so that they can go from one planet to another. On other planets, which are called Siddhalokas, the denizens can travel from one planet to another without airplanes. The beautiful airplanes from the heavenly planets are compared here to the sky because they fly in the sky. The passengers are compared because they fly in the sky. The passengers are compared to the clouds. The beautiful damsels, the wives of the denizens of the heavenly planets, are compared to lightning. In summation, the airplanes with their passengers which came from higher planets to Kailas, were very pleasant to look at. Text 28 While traveling, the demigods passed over the forest known as Sogandiga, which is full of varieties of flowers, fruits, and desired trees. While passing over the forest, they also saw the regions of the Yakshishwar, Purport. Yakshishwar is also known as Kuvera, and he is the treasurer of the demigods. In the descriptions of him in Vedic literature, it is stated that he is fabulously rich. It appears from these verses that Kailas is situated near the residential quarters of Kuvera. It is also stated here that the forest was full of desire trees. In Brahma Sangita, we learn about the desire tree which is found in the spiritual world, especially in Krishna Loka, the abode of Lord Krishna. We learn here that such desire trees are also found in Kailas, the residence of Lord Shiva, by the grace of Krishna. It thus appears that Kailas has a special significance. It is almost like the residence of Lord Krishna. Text 29 In that celestial forest there were many birds whose necks were color, colored reddish and whose sweet sounds mixed with the humming of the bees. The lakes were abundantly decorated with crying swans as well as strong stemmed lotus flowers. Purport <coughs> The beauty of the forest was intensified by the presence of various lakes. It is described herein that the lakes were decorated with lotus flowers and with swans who played and sang with the birds and the humming bees. Considering all these attributes, one can imagine how beautiful this spot was and how much the demigods passing through enjoyed the atmosphere. There are many paths and beautiful spots created by man on this planet Earth, but none of them can surpass those of Kailas as they are described in these verses. Hare Krishna. So that brings us to 7.55 and we're going to stop here and tomorrow we will begin with text 30 and we will wait um, patiently for the reflections of the Vaishnavas <coughs> to what we've just heard. Hare Krishna.
Radharaman has something to say about that. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, well, as in every reading from Prabhupada's books, there's so much, but uh, a couple of things stood out <clears throat> for me. Huh. Um, the first one, I just read the verses. When Lord Bama heard everything from the demigods and the members who had attended the sacrifice, he replied, You cannot be happy in executing a sacrifice if you blaspheme a great personality and thereby offend his lotus feet. Mm. <clears throat> you cannot have happiness in that way. You have excluded Lord Shiva from taking part in the sacrificial results and therefore you are all offenders at his lotus feet. Mm -hmm. But still, if you go without mental reservations and surrender unto him and fall down at his lotus feet, he will be very pleased. And uh, remember you made a comment that this is the process of Krishna consciousness. Yes, this is the process of Krishna consciousness. There's always an opportunity to offend others in the material world. And the way in, in persons who are in devotional service, if they take the humble position and beg forgiveness when they make offenses, then they're relieved from the offenses. Because the Vaishnavas, real Vaishnavas, will always um, forgive. That is the Brahma Tejas, the most powerful Tejas. And then uh, I think the other one was in the uh, 25th purport. Um, anyone who is fixed in the service of the lotus feet of Govinda is called Tirtapad. Mm. He does not need to travel on various pilgrimages for he can enjoy all the benefits of such travel simply by engaging in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord. Such a pure devotee who has implicit faith in the lotus feet of the Lord can create sacred places in any part of the world which where he decides to remain. Tirta Kovinti Tirtani Bhagavatam 1.13.10 the places are sanctified due to the presence of pure devotees. Any place automatically becomes a place of pilgrimage if either the Lord or his pure devotee remains or resides there. In other words, such a pure devotee who is engaged 100% in the service of the Lord can remain anywhere in the universe and that part of the universe immediately becomes a sacred place where he can peacefully render service to the Lord as the Lord desires and uh, I couldn't help think that uh, however one who comes here says that the atmosphere is exactly like your room in Govardhan Maharaj Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna anyway, this the principle is that if we spread Krishna consciousness uh, powerfully then the whole world can change and this is the principle by which it changes If we spread Christian consciousness, there will be more devotees, more pure devotees who are dedicated to Krishna 
and service to Krishna and the world will change. It's inconceivable now with how, with all the things that are going on in the world, but there are still places which have a transcendental atmosphere as a result of Srila Prabhupada's preaching and the establishment of the basic way of life of a devotee. This constant hearing and chanting every single day, chanting the holy name, uh, cooking and, and offering nice uh, innocent food to Krishna and honoring that prasadam. This is the spiritual world, the spiritual life. So it is actually the only solution to the world's problems. So let us take it up according to our capacity and spread it according to our capacity. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> First is from Bhakti Nikki. Yes, Bhakti Nikki, Hare Krishna. <clears throat> Happy Radhastami Maharaj. Jai, thank you very much. Jai Sri Radhe. <clears throat> From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, happy Sri Radhastami to you all. Mm. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Ho Maharaj. Hare Krishna, thank you. And from Rati Manjoy. Yes, Rati. <coughs> Jai Guru Maharaj. Happy Radhastami to you and to all the assembled devotees. It is soothing to end this transcendental day hearing you. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Yes, I'm sure that many devotees are have been absorbed in the festival uh, atmosphere. Uh, and so, yes, Hare Krishna. This is from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Maharaj, for reading. So so wonderful to hear how Kailash Mountain was so great and beautiful and how Lord Shiva is detached from it. All glories to Lord Shiva. Yes, all glories to Lord Shiva. The best of the Vaishnavas. So even though he was easily pleased, he, is, he can also be easily disturbed. And the demigods did just that. Daksha did just that. And he got his just reward. I thought that was a good point also, that, that even Brahma was saying that this is, it was well done. What happened was actually well done. Because Daksha... Will, will will be purified by that event. And we'll see later on that he actually offers his prayers with a goat's head on his head to Lord Shiva. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. She says, Today we had our first meeting of the Vaishnavi Sangha Netherlands. We ask for the blessings of Srimati Radharani to help us form an encouraging network for the aspiring Vaishnavis in Holland. We went on a japa walk, chanted our Gayatris near the water, and did Harinam on the beach 
and respected a beautiful lunch together and shared our lives. It felt very good to come together and we look forward to more Sangha. Hare Krishna, may it become a force for spreading Christian consciousness. Hare Krishna, thank you, Radhi. From Kaladvipati? Yes, Kaladvipati. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Similar to Radharaman Prabhu, I was reflecting on the purport describing the Tirtapadas and thinking that these daily readings are creating Tirtas wherever people are hearing them, and especially in the haven in Haridh. Ha, Hare Krishna. Thanks very much. We feel very fortunate. Hare Krishna. Matthew Manjari hmm. says, Jai, thank you for that blessing. Hare Krishna. And from Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Happy Radhashtami Maharaj. Thank you for starting the class with the glorification of Sri Mati Radharani by highlighting the Dainya Bhava and the importance of having the humility for the advancement in spiritual journey. I remember the first offense to be avoided quote, to blaspheme the devotees who have dedicated their lives for propagating the holy name of the Lord. Daily readings, Kijai. Hadi Bol, thank you very much. It's a science. Krishna consciousness is a science. It's a process. It's not a sentiment. And if we agree to adjust our mentalities and our behavior according to the desires of the Lord and the great devotees of the Lord, then our lives become auspicious. The place where we live becomes auspicious and our people become in contact, become auspicious. Wherever we go becomes auspicious. And in this way, as I said before, Christian consciousness is spreading. It may not be spreading in the way that you think it should spread or as much as you think it should spread, but it is spreading and it is inevitable. Lord Jitanya is managing this movement and it will, it will be very, very influential in the world in, with, in time to come. Hare Krishna. Next is from Pranav Handa. Pranav Handa, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada and his life-changing books. Mm. When Srila Prabhupada mentions that the damsels of heaven, even after enjoying, were morose, it made me laugh, thinking that we humans who have natural beauty in, in no compare still day after day try to enjoy, thinking it will be better. Yeah. The demigods, humans and animals all engage in the same activities of Ahar, Nidra, Baya and Maitunam, <laughs> each a bit more appealing way, but still the result is sadness. Yes. It was a profound point for me. Yes. Thank you so much for the daily readings. Hare Krishna, very good. Thank you. That was a wonderful reflection. And proof is that everyone is trying to enjoy the material world, but they can't do it because they are spiritual 
and the modes of nature that they're trying to use to enjoy are material and temporary, the forms. Hare Krishna. And one more from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. About the reading f of tonight, I liked how it was said that Lord Shiva was afflicted by the loss of his wife and that he was pained by the harsh words of Daksha. I appreciate that even though he is so powerful, Lord Shiva still has his feelings. Everyone has feelings because everyone is a part of Krishna and Krishna, the original feelings are in Krishna. And it is described in the Vedas that it's particularly if there are harsh <coughs> words spoken by loved ones, by family members, they are piercing and like more, more piercing than hot swords. Hare Krishna. The pure devotees of the Lord they become, uh, what's the word? They become unaffected, even with those harsh words. And therefore, they're willing to forgive the harsh words, as we will find out later in this chapter, in, in future chapters. In other words, this is happening in the higher planets, even in the beginning of the universe, when everything was relatively pure. So it means that these things go on in the material world. They are a part of the material world. Therefore, Krishna, what's the word? Uh, uh, officially uh, labels the material world as Dukalayama Shasatam, it is a place of misery. You cannot enjoy here in this material world. So therefore all these things are happening in order to teach us to increase our desire to be with Krishna and to go back to the spiritual world, not to try to make something enjoyable here in the material world, because it's not possible. And that shouldn't depress us, it should enliven us. Because with full faith, when we hear the Bhagavatam, and we come to the tenth canto, and we become attracted to Krishna and his abode, Goloka Vrindavan, then we can taste real happiness. Hare Krishna. Next is from Bhakta Peter. Yes, Bhakta Peter. Hare Krishna Maharaj, happy Radhastami. Haribo, Jai Radhe. My curiosity about the desire trees concerns me. Thank you for your reading tonight. Well, thank you for hearing tonight. <laughs> Those desire trees appear in Kailas, even though it's the material world, by the mercy of Krishna. And when Krishna appears in the material world in Goloka Vrindavan, desire trees appear there also. Wherever Krishna has his abode, or especially an auspicious person who is in between being a jiva and Vishnu Tattva, these Vishnu, these desire trees are there. Still, we shouldn't aspire to go to 
Shivaloka. <laughs> Better aspire to go to the Vaikuntha planets. Hare Krishna. Because such a scene as we have just heard about this huge sacrificial ceremony and all of the violence that happened as a result of pride uh, doesn't happen in the spiritual world. Therefore, the devotees want to go to the spiritual world not so much for their own uh, relief from material anxiety because even if we're in the material world, if we're performing devotional service, we're not in the same level of anxiety as a materialist. But we want, this is described in the Briya Bhagavatamrita, we especially honor the spiritual world and we want to go there because there, there are nothing but pure devotees to associate with. And that atmosphere is not duplicate, it's unique, it's very special. We should want to go and associate with the pure devotees there. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for your wonderful reflections as usual. They're just getting better and better. And uh, we'll sign off tonight. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samavira Bhaktivrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. And now we're going to hear about how Lord Shiva, how, how powerful he is. Because the real power of Lord Shiva is his power of forgiveness. And he will make everything right by his mercy. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.